Hello, Googleization Nation. Welcome to Better Leaders, Better Workplaces, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Vivian Blaine. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Vivian's episodes, we'll cover the latest trends and emerging practices around creating resilient workplaces. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to GGG Unleashed, Better Leaders, Better Workplaces. I'm Vivian Blade, President and CEO of Experts in Growth Leadership Consulting, and a recognized leadership and resilience thought leader. On this podcast, you'll get the latest insights and proven strategies to help you solve the pressing turnover, burnout, and workplace culture challenges your company is struggling with right now. So if you're an HR leader or a business leader, you don't want to miss an episode. As we consider the trends shaping the future of work today, such as ongoing inflation, global economic and political instability, accelerated advancements in artificial intelligence and digitization, the war on talent, and even the evolving workplace. Human capital is written all over it. The work, workplace talent, and how work gets done, all of that is vastly shifting. Deloitte emphasizes in their article, the future of enterprise demands a new future of HR reimagining human resources, that this disruptive environment is creating unprecedented opportunity for HR to play a new and vital role in shaping the way enterprises compete, access talent, and show up in the communities where they operate. Enterprises can compete, they say, and succeed by changing entire business models in the field, in product and services development, in sales, production, in leadership teams, in the back office, and of course, in the HR suite. The future of work demands changes in your approach to and in the composition of your HR strategy. Today's guest, Lisa Johnson, will share a framework for the ideal HR strategy and reveal ways your HR strategy needs to shift for overall business success. Lisa is the Human Resource Officer for the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce and CEO of HR Know-How LLC, a provider of leadership training, keynote speaking, and coaching that has this enthusiasm for helping employers improve employee relations to reduce legal risk. Lisa, we are so glad that you're here and have so much to learn from you here today. Thanks for being with us and welcome. It's a pleasure, Vivian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to start with just hearing a little bit about you and your work. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. My background is largely manufacturing. I've worked in automotive, in metal products, printing, and other manufacturing areas, and largely as a generalist. Now, there have been some areas where I have gotten specific. I've been a labor negotiations person. I have been involved in investigations and also projects and planning very heavily. But by and large, I'm a generalist. And really until these last five years with the formation of HR Know-How, where I have expanded into supporting 
banks and universities and hospitals because, as you mentioned, I have an enthusiasm for helping managers deal with employee relations issues. And that particular area tends to transcend sectors. Absolutely. Everybody, and especially in this environment, as we know, with so much going on with, with talent, with, with labor, there is uh, a need for that everywhere in every industry. Good. Well, you know, let's talk about a little bit using that experience that you have and your evolution into HR strategy, how that has transcended everything that you have done. And so share with us, what is HR strategy and why is HR strategy so important for not only the HR function, but for the business overall in this evolving future of work environment that we're in? Yes, indeed. An HR strategy is at its essence a plan. And just like any business strategy, it is a plan. And I use the analogy of a roadmap. It's a guide. And for HR departments, whether they be a department of one or a department of many, having a strategy is a guide to help ensure that the HR department is staying on course to achieve its vision. And that obviously raises questions as to the vision and the mission, which we'll get into later. But at its base, that's what a strategy does. And the benefit of that, there are several benefits to having a, an HR strategy in addition to your business strategy. Internally, what it does is, as I briefly mentioned, is it creates a spoken clear purpose for the HR department in terms of their vision. It's not just a, a department of tasks. It is a department that has a purpose that fits in with the organization. And an HR strategy helps to clarify that and reinforce that, the purpose. And also, it helps the department. A lot of departments are greater than departments of one. It helps to coalesce those team members around the purpose to ensure that they're heading in the right direction and they're aligned with the organization. Then when you look at the broader piece in terms of the benefit to the organization, it's having an HR department that gets it that is in sync with what the organization is facing, the challenges that they are trying to solve, and making sure that the HR department is moving in the same direction with them. Thinking about what are the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and threats that are around the people element that often sometimes gets left behind until the last minute to the detriment of the company. You know, that reminds me, Lisa, talking about the benefits of, of this HR strategy. In the closing keynote for the SHRM 2023 conference, Johnny C. Taylor Jr. talked about the three types of expertise that are going to be required for HR as we move forward into the future. And one of those areas was being that business expert. So you talked about that just so clearly there with understanding the business and how you can be relevant, have to be relevant, have to be knowledgeable in order for your HR strategy to be relevant. Yes, ma'am. And I saw, Vivian, that just yesterday I was on LinkedIn and Johnny C. Taylor has posted a LinkedIn video message that is, again, uh, it capsulizes, but it repeats a message very similar to that. Excellent. I will have to check that out. Good, good. Um, and I think it's, it stresses the importance of the message, too, here. Yeah. What should an HR strategy be comprised of? 
And can you give us an example of how you might have applied the framework in your experience? I think that uh, that piece, Vivian, is what uh, tends to cause a lot of HR professionals to shy away. The idea of strategy, they equate it with time investment, with intensity, with a lot of of, uh, thinking that they just don't have time for or maybe would not be appreciated within the organization. And what I have found over the years working for organizations large and small is that at its core, having a strategy with a mission, a vision, and goals is an excellent start in, in terms of forming a strategy. And then there are a lot of great elements where it really helps you to leverage your strategic thinking, such as your values, guiding principles, SWOT analysis, which would be the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, having good key performance indicators with metrics. You know, you can add on and bolt on to that so that you can have a really well thought out strategy. But at its core, having the vision, mission, and goals is a great starting point. And Mm -hmm. where I've applied that, I've had the benefit working for companies like Tyco and Flint Group and Toyota. You know, I grew up in that world where having a strategy was just the way that you do business and having a thorough HR strategy. But coming away from that and now expanding into organizations that are either not as large in terms of scale or maybe in growth pattern, implementing that in places where it doesn't exist, I've seen that it it still has the bang for its buck. It still elevates HR. It still brings HR in as a team member with the organization. And so one example um, that I've done is uh, one of the things I I work for the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce uh, right now, and they've had HR presence before, but not a full-time HR presence. So for this particular entity, the, the vision is to create and support, lead, and provide structure for a holistic employee life cycle. So that's my vision um, for the Chamber of Commerce. And my, my mission right now is focusing on compliance, putting the compliance pieces in place now that we are uh, have crested 50 headcount. So that's an example of where it's been applied versus my, my prior engagement had a 25-year HR professional there before me who had all of those elements in place. So the vision for that company was looking at where we could enhance, upgrade the systems that were in place, the processes that were in place. And the mission was specifically to create greater productivity and greater efficiency around, around processes and systems that were a little bit outdated and needed to be upgraded. Interesting. So what I hear you saying is that you really have to understand the situation and the environment that you're in and your strategy really needs to understand that assessment of needs and respond to that both for HR and for the organization as a whole. Would that be accurate? It would. And, you know, once again, I'm always careful. It sounds like a lot of work. It isn't. We're having these conversations with these entities anyway, with our leadership, with our peers, with those that are at staff level. We're having these conversations. So why not make them a quality conversation? I used the state interview that Michelle Font Harris provided in the book Imagination at Work. I use that as my tool to gather information and to form those 
the mission and the vision around. And it really serves several purposes, but it's really conversation, getting that conversation started so that you're not working in a vacuum and you're providing a mission and vision that all can get behind. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk about what some of the barriers might be then for everybody to get behind, as you were just saying how that's important. What might some of those barriers that HR leaders face when they're attempting to get that support and get everybody behind? And are there some some suggestions that you have to help them get past those barriers? Well, there are barriers at times, aren't there, Vivian? And, you know, talking to HR professionals, there are some that tend to come to the surface more frequently. And it has to do with really just having the ear, uh, getting entrance into the room uh, to have the conversation. Another is, well, once I'm there, getting the yes. How do I get agreement? Uh, Because a lot of times there's a no in response to the request. And then finally, another big one is really the resources. I'm I'm not really being provided with my ask for resources to support what I'm trying to do. And those types of barriers are things that they encounter. Another, and this is something that I speak directly to my HR folks, is that um, sometimes we just need to get out of our own way. And one of the ways that we can do that is to prepare. When you think about your leadership, what do they want from you? They want for you to be prepared to have your ask, to be able to make it fairly succinctly, to be prepared to have dialogue around it. So to be able to support it or defend it as the case may be. And and last but not least, to have options. So don't come in as a one trick pony. This is what I got, that's it. What are some other options? So that preparedness. I would suggest that if you've never had any type of negotiation class, um, that that would be good. How to get to win the win-win, to learn how to present yourself, to be prepared, because that type of presentation and confidence will help address a lot of those things that we've just talked about, those barriers. You know, that's excellent advice, Lisa. And we know that not all the responsibility is on HR to be able to, to get to the table and to be able to have a voice and have that influence. So we have a lot of listeners who are non HR business leaders. In what ways should they be working with HR? That's a good question. If uh, HR listeners, if you have preconceived notions about HR, and you know that's a, a self-awareness question, but if you have preconceived notions about HR, to keep an open mind so that when you are presented with an opportunity to listen and have exchange with your HR leadership, that you come in with a, an open mind and not uh, based upon uh, prior experiences or prior learnings. It's a changing landscape, as Vivian mentioned. It's a changing time. So the awareness piece is extremely important. And to engage, having the two-way dialogue, uh, to ask the provocative questions, to be aware, and to, if you don't have a presence of human resources in some of your senior leadership uh, meetings and uh, endeavors, to include human resources professional. I have seen many endeavors, um, divestitures, M&A, ERP implementations, you name it, new product lines that really have either tanked or have been very painful due to the people element and to Mm -hmm. 
and not all your managers, you know, they come from one perspective for your people. HR comes from another perspective of your. So having that mm -hmm. HR element there can be value added. So being open minded and enabling HR to have a presence in your decision making process. Great. Everybody has a role to play in that. Well, Lisa, this has been so insightful and, you know, we could talk about this so much longer and we will have some opportunities to do that that I'll tell people about here in just a moment. But thank you so much for being with us today. What's the best way for people to connect or get in touch with you? Thank you, Vivian. Uh, my company is HR Know How. So hrknowhow.org. I'm on several social media platforms. That's how you can reach me. And thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. We'll have Lisa's contact information in the show notes for you as well, so you can check there. Now, HR leaders, I know that you are more enlightened on how your HR strategy should be guiding your organizations into the future based on this conversation with Lisa today. Ask yourself, are our HR strategy and the model for strategy development really adequate for the future that we're about to face? I want to share three other opportunities to go deeper with Lisa. First, join us on Tuesday, October 24th at noon Eastern time for a free virtual workshop, HR Strategy for the Future of Work. This again is going to feature Lisa. Secondly, Lisa is a contributor to the book, Imagination at Work, which is available on Amazon. You can learn more about her broader areas of expertise. And then the third opportunity, Lisa is going to be a part of my Seat at the Table HR Leaders Circle Summit, which is happening soon. Check the show notes for links to those uh, opportunities. Thanks so much for joining me today. I work with organizations to build better leaders and better workplaces. Let's work together to enhance yours and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always sharing resources and generating conversations about the topics we talk about on this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. If you're ready to elevate your leadership or would like to bring an inspiring message to your conference or your corporate event, let's have a conversation. I'm here to help. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning how to develop better leaders and better workplaces. We'll be back next month with Vivian for another episode. But until then, you can access some of Vivian's resources by visiting her website, vivianplay.com. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.